Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. Synonyms of the word change. Alter. Make different. Become different. Adjust. And every day, we evolve. We adapt. We change. And this is where we talk about it. This is The Clay Young Show. Thanks, Neil. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Pretty excited about today. Adam Knapp is going to be in studio with us to talk about lots of things from business to the recent news here in EBR with the police department. And we'll talk about the school superintendent and, of course, the impact of the coronavirus and these lifting mandates and these loosenings of restrictions, if that's even a phrase. We'll get Adam's thoughts on that. It's been a couple of weeks since we had a chance to chat here, and I'm going to jump right in on something that was a discussion a couple of weeks ago. I did not weigh in on this on social media because so many other people had things to say, and I figured, yeah, you know what? (laughs) I'll just lay out on that. It is the verdict in the George Floyd murder case. Officer Derek, former officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty on, was it three different charges? I'll get right to it. He should have been convicted. I think he, he and his actions are a disgrace to every man and woman who work in law enforcement. It is an insult to every American citizen who places his or her faith in the criminal justice system and law enforcement specifically. He was a thug whose luck finally ran out. Period. That's where I stand on that. Now, people have the right to disagree with me. And this thing we do about people's past about what George Floyd did or did not do. All I will say is as a human being, what the hell difference does it make? If you can use whatever addictions he had to justify what happened to him, you need to look in the mirror. And if me feeling that way makes you think or or, or feel that you can't support my show or I'm not someone that you want to support, then I've got a one word answer for you. Bye. The argument that Chauvin didn't intend to kill George Floyd is ridiculous. I tell you what, I can throw a pretty good punch. How about I hit you in your head as hard as I can and you get knocked out? And then I say, well, I didn't intend to knock you out. I just hit you as hard as I could. If I fired one off as hard as I could, well, you know, there's a possibility. Same would go if you were striking me. If you, Well, depending on who you are, if you were striking me. Not that I advocate people going around punching each other. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he kneeled on his neck for nine minutes. Come on, y'all. We're better than that. 
That's not what we should be defending as a society. We should give no inch to someone who would do that. That isn't an indictment of law enforcement. That's an indictment of him or anyone like him who would do that. And it, it's, it is of no consequence. It is of no value what George Floyd did or did not do with his life before that moment. A keeper of the public trust, a, de a defender of the public safety should never act like that man acted. And he should go to prison and he will. The question is for how long? But I wanted to be clear with you about where I stand on it. This doesn't impact my feeling about law enforcement because this guy was a clown who should never have had a badge. He put his hands in his pockets as he's kneeling on a man. You okay with that? That doesn't bother you at all. You can sit and watch all nine minutes of that and, and not cringe at all, not feel any kind of way about that. That's, that's nothing to you. Then you got a problem too. I'll leave it right there. Wasn't going to go on social media and rant. Figure if you come here on this show, there's a possibility you could hear me take positions on things like that. There is mine. And again, people can disagree with me, but I'm telling you, if you disagree with me on this one, I got to kind of look at you sideways. As I am with a few people that I know personally on social media who've taken positions. Yes, I see you. And I'm going to remember you, too. You can't eradicate hate by making excuses for it. That's not a white black issue. That's a human being issue. Humans should treat one another better than that. And no matter how you manipulate the dynamics of it, black on black, black on white, you know, females fighting the whole thing. Hey, humans should treat each other better than that. Since I'm at. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll just leave it there. So that's where I stand on that one. Hopefully you'll stick around to hear what Adam Knapp has to say now after hearing all of that. I'm pretty sure it's going to be great because he's involved in a lot of things here in the community through the prism of the Baton Rouge area chamber and their efforts in this multi-parish region that they cover. And he'll tell us what he thinks about where we are in the coronavirus pandemic, what's in store for us in the economy. What do you do to help the poorest communities inside of the overall community is there a plan what about all of this talk about law enforcement and what's happening here with the baton rouge police department and the new school superintendent what about all of that we will discuss all of those issues with him you're in the right place that's right adam knapp is about to enter the room Podcast225.com. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. 
posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. So, John, I walked outside a couple of days ago and Buffalo Nats wore me out. Yeah, and they ate you up, didn't they? They did eat me up. And then I went to some stuff I got from you and I sent them all to the train station. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a one-way ticket, brother. That's right, brother. What do we do about <laughs> buffalo gnats? Well, this is a pyrethroid application. You want to spray the entire yard. Mm-hmm. And the trick to it is not only are you spraying the shrubbery, right. but you're spraying underneath the shrubbery and the underneath portion of the leaves. That's absolutely critical to control these things long-term. We talked about this last year. You all got it. Pest Stop was your solution. So this year, how do we get rid of Buffalo Nats? Well, our Baton Rouge store is located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a block south of Old Hammond Highway or a mile north of I-12. Or if you simply have questions, just give us a call at 273-4788. Because at Pest Stop, we can help you with that. Insight, analysis, and motivation from the who's who in the capital region. This is Podcast225.com and The Clay Young Show. Back with Adam Knapp, who runs the Baton Rouge Area Chamber. He's got me all fired up now, even before we hit the record button. We're having a, a conversation about a lot of things uh, that we won't really go into on the air. But, man, I don't even need this coffee anymore now. <laughs> come in here and get me all wound up. How you doing, brother? I'm like a, I'm like a caffeine injection. Really, just you come are? come in here and stir Man, just stir it up. I think he did that on purpose, too. Wake you up. Yeah, what's happening? Uh, I'm excited <laughs> about the mask mandate change um, okay let's start right there the the i asked our staff if we could actually have a ceremony to carry the sign that's on our front door yeah. has been you know for months now can we just take it to the shredder you're gonna, together i'm gonna burn it have a second line you know waving <laughs> handkerchiefs hey that's now now, now you're talking now invite me to that to that slick new building you got downtown there no, i think it's going to have an injection of confidence as it was interesting out just just yesterday the first full day of not having it in place statewide and still i think businesses are trying to understand how this changes things whether mm-hmm. it changes things the, the business the business next door to your office yeah. here still has their sign up yeah. i wanted to go have a ceremony at this yeah. when i walked yeah out. the but I think that's going to st- very slowly help businesses understand that they can change practices. Right. I, I talked to a company that has a big distribution network, and they've had their drivers in masks for the whole period. Yeah, Just not having to wear masks for their drivers when they're doing deliveries is a huge relief that these guys are going to be and gals are going to be out in that heat mm-hmm. and not having to you know breathe heavily through a mask uh, is a sign of you know things getting back to normal, even as we still have risks. Uh, it is at least a sense that you can start to behave a little like you used to. Yeah. And it's also a sign that you know, businesses have been encouraging and need to continue to encourage vaccinations. That has a lot to do with why we're able to see this. And in order to keep it and not have a spike, it's going to be important that we keep pushing for more folks to get vaccinated. Let's dial it back a year. All right. Uh, it's about this time last year that the reality of COVID-19 started to really take its hold on businesses across the country. As you look back over the last 12 to 14 months, what is your biggest takeaway about the economy and businesses specifically after the impact of COVID? We lost 60,000 
uh, jobs mm-hmm. as a community uh, in the month a year ago, right? So that period from March to April mm-hmm. a year ago. We've recovered a little over half of those jobs back in the economy, but we're still substantially down. I think yeah. the the lesson of a resilient economy is partly the, the lesson that we're we're still watching and learning from. All right. But we've also recognized that this is a community and our business community has had to really lean in on a weekly basis mm-hmm. to the challenge of the week. Yeah. Some of the moments that I've been most inspired by have been when we've seen restaurateurs come together to work together to try to get foods to schools as mm-hmm. a way to help uh, you know their businesses stay active, but also to try to do do some good at the same time. We saw larger businesses not in the restaurant industry giving money to try to make sure that, that restaurants and bars were able to make it through. I, right. I think the that is the thing that sticks with me is those positive moments of of caring for each other, like we see after you know a flood yeah. here or a hurricane. We see the same thing that's been. It's just had to be twelve months of it, not, <laughs> not a, a, a month or two of it. So I think that's the the, the thing that I think that's most important. The, the other thing that I would say is we're still not out of the woods on no. where we are in the economy. We have not only substantial numbers of folks still unemployed. Um, I, I checked for March data just came out for 2021. We're at 5.8 percent unemployment. A year ago, March, we were at 3.8% unemployment, so we're still higher. Uh, We're trending downward, but even our peer metros around the country our size have lower unemployment rates. So if our our senses were in the right direction and and things are starting to heat up uh, again, but and we're probably better than some of the other regions in the the state in terms of our economy, but we still have a long way to go. And that's that's where I, I would tell folks. Get out, you know, do yeah. business, have confidence to, 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 do, to do business with your small businesses around our community again. What do you think about the, the decision to give unemployment at the rate that it's been given out? I was in New Orleans last week visiting and had a chance to go to a, a restaurant there and was talking to a guy and he was saying how hard it is to find people because folks are still getting the unemployment checks and why go to work in the service industry if you could stay home and just get a check yeah what do you think about that i mean you had to do it but what's your philosophy about the way it's impacted businesses so if i would break it down actually in two check problems okay it's the unemployment check problem it's also the the biden money right Mm -hmm. it's the checks that are the fourteen hundred dollar checks that were the most recent ones cut yeah a lot of folks have gotten off unemployment or their period of time of benefit has ended, yeah. but they're still getting infusions of money yeah. from the federal government that, right. that don't motivate them necessarily to go out uh, and seek that job yet. Yeah. Yeah. It will happen. Yeah. Um, in Baton Rouge, we still have somewhere around 9,000 people on unemployment. Mm-hmm. We are still missing t- some 20,000 some odd jobs in the economy. So right. it is not just unemployment insurance checks that we're dealing with. We're dealing with folks who have just left the workforce. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so I think the challenge for us is the the businesses that are still down the most in terms of their overall employment is not the largest employers. It's not the medium sized employers. Yeah. Largely, it's still the smallest employers whose total number of jobs aren't back yet. And that, that many of them want to. We've been, we went and looked at the data on this. This is kind of nerdy, but fascinating, I think. The number of jobs that we're missing as an economy year over year, right? Okay. Let's say that's around 20,000 jobs. There are open postings for jobs in Baton Rouge in the neighborhood of about 30,000 jobs. Hmm. So you could be over full employment or wow. back, to, back to pre-COVID employment if we only filled the open posted positions. So say that again. That so the, there are 
around 20,000 unemployed Baton Rougeans. Missing jobs. Missing jobs. I would say that it's okay. hard to call them unemployed okay. Baton Rougeans. Well, just missing. Jobs that were filled a year yeah. ago that aren't, aren't in the economy. Right and there now. are 30,000 open posts Posted right now. Posted positions for yeah. jobs right now. That's interesting. And so you, it, it points to the fact that we need folks to go back to work. There are positions available for folks to go back to work yeah. that would see us be back where we were a year ago ahead of potentially even ahead. So what does that say? It says that the question you're asking about kind of the, the federal supports is one of many factors that are keeping people perhaps from returning to the workforce hmm. or the skills they had before aren't the skills that are needed anymore. So the supplemental system or assistance in the interim could have a more long-term detrimental impact on the economy and businesses as a whole because some businesses can't survive this shoestring skeleton crew thing that they're doing right now it's not working no. for them and and i think that's the there's a challenge substantially for the business owner who, who you know a restaurant who just needs their wait staff at full employment yeah at full full scale yeah and the people they previously had either don't want to come or they want a different job now post pandemic and there's not somebody backfilling that's eager to seek into that position yet and that's where we are i think is is trying to make sure that there's efforts to try and reconnect folks back to a job somehow yeah whether it's that job or a different job uh, there's some amazing programs that have been out there where you can upskill to a new career for free mm -hmm. through things like uh, the rework program that the community college system statewide has been running, which is an yeah. awesome program. So how folks then come through those kinds of things, have the ability to earn more money after the pandemic. Right. Uh, but there still is this massive labor shortage that we're missing. Like you, you, you give the example of New Orleans, it's kind of across the board yeah. in the U S yeah. So, you know, you referenced as we started about the mask mandate, the, the loosening of restrictions that we've seen here in Louisiana, and the president talked about it nationally as well. And it leads me to this. So we are now firmly in the beginning of the second quarter of 2021, right? And I am pretty bullish on what the third and fourth quarter of this year will look like because of a confluence of, of facts. I mean, they're not just assumptions, it's factual. There will be a loosening of restrictions. This summer will be a, a more active than last summer because we were in the midst of this pandemic and a lot of places were not allowing people to come in to vacation and, and be out. So travel is going to increase, which has a widespread impact across the board. And, and businesses will see a better fourth quarter because people will be getting back into the worst workforce money. So with all of that being true, how do you kind of talk me through that reality, what you think it really does from your perspective? Well, it's going to be a rapid recovery. Mm -hmm. I think we were hoping it would happen sooner, but here it comes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we hear it everywhere. I hear it in almost every breakfast, lunch, or dinner when I run into people out yeah. and, and about in the community. Is there, They have a smile on their face mm -hmm. like, business is back, baby. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's hot. Yeah. And it's yeah. fun. It's a fun ride to be on when you can see the, the scaling up. So I think what we want to make sure we're doing and, you know, so helping folks through this is making sure that if there are things that are changing that, that matter to small and medium-sized businesses that help them through that, 
we want to be there to offer that. One of the things we started last year and we're still pushing hard on is this BR Works site of ours. We created a website about a year ago that yeah. we launched where businesses seeking talent can post those positions to show, hey, we have openings, you know, in one place, kind of all their available open positions in the yeah. region can be listed at no cost to businesses to be able to post where those link, you know, that folks can go find those positions. I think the challenge has got to be now focusing on ways to help find folks that are were formerly employed or currently still on unemployment insurance or have left the workforce to find ways to make sure that they are encouraged to get back to a job and to think about what that means for their family. Uh, there is plenty of opportunity, as I said, and the, mm-hmm. the, the numbers a moment ago show there's plenty of opportunity. So, so we're, we're, we're pushing hard on that. So here is something else that I think we have an opportunity to address that, you know, I know that it's been a priority of yours because we've, we've been friends a while and we talk about this disinvested poor communities across the country now do have an opportunity because there will be an infusion of energy into the workforce. The economy is going to be thriving across the country and there are opportunities now to address the lower end of the economic spectrum in every community like ours, where there needs to be more of an investment so that we can, we can kind of strengthen these weak areas However, I don't hear conversations to that point. I don't hear enough conversations about, okay, how can we go into these areas and do something so that we're not as vulnerable in the event of some other catastrophe? Because in this last 20 years, it seems like we're averaging about one every other year. (laughs) Well, and our vulnerability is worse in our communities that are highest risk. So we've seen two two really important things, like the, the smallest businesses have been the one most impacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a research report we put out in May last year, black-owned businesses in Baton Rouge had less, or not less access, but less usage of yeah. things like the Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah. And now the second round of the Paycheck Protection Program or the, the Employee Retention Tax Credit or the new is opening up, uh, we hope, in the next week or so, the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, and which is open to bars, caterers, food trucks, the same disparity will play out that black-owned businesses are likely not to trust government or mm-hmm. to, to have the sophistication to figure out how to take advantage or, of those or, or make the assumption that why should I apply because I'm not going to get anything. Or make the assumption that they're not gonna, the government is going to fail them and they will be rejected because of the system. Right? You and I have walked in inner city Baton Rouge, right? right? We've, we've gone into, into areas that are hurting and seen the good people who live there who almost never get talked about. When you talk about the inner city, the conversation almost always is about the criminal element, not the people who live there who go to work every day. And and the businesses that are kicking ass. And that's exactly right. A hundred percent. So then how do we lead this dialogue going forward? Cause I really want to lean into, look, I'm a BRAC member and, and a supporter and the whole thing. How do we lean into that and be bold about it now? So it's a great, great conversation. I'm glad we're in this. Uh, BRAC.org backslash diversity. Okay. Uh, we, we did a program last year, to one, to help everybody be clear. The disparity of outcomes in Baton Rouge is mm-hmm. worse than in other places, and the data is evident. Yeah. So we put it on there. There's eight slides of charts that show you where we, where we stand. I would encourage folks just to go and take a gander at it because it's informative to know why and where we are. Right. The one that stuck with me, though, is... Uh, black household income and white household income, the gap between black household income and white household income is bigger here than in 
39 other cities our size in the generally across the south southeast of the u.s so i want to before you move on because because this is so great what you just said when people hear statements like that it it either leads them to politics or some other social thing or right. whatever and that's not what you just said that's not what you it's just, just did it's it is a fact. just economic data so let's talk about what feeds that discrepancy that gap so when we have outlined the initiatives that we want to work on for yeah. our efforts we're focusing in three specific areas and okay. those are outlined uh, at that page brack.org backslash diversity uh, first is one of the other data points you'll see on there is we have fewer executives who are of color in management positions in our economy in our regional economy and that I was fascinated to find out you can find that data point yeah um so you have a interest in having the conversation across our community to make sure that businesses understand that there's not only importance to doing it for their own businesses, it's also important to the economy that we have that conversation about how to make sure talent searches and hiring recognizes that everybody should be you know part of the search process. Kayla, the second thing that we're focusing on. So let's think about that as workplace engagement and assistance from our organization yeah. to help businesses understand practices and, and efforts they can do to make sure that they're having that internal conversation inside of their business and how it makes them stronger. The second thing that we're working on, and we've just hired our first uh, manager of diversity and inclusion programs, a okay. young man named Daryl Johnson who joined our staff a couple of weeks ago, okay. is in charge of helping us think about how to create a minority business accelerator in the Baton Rouge market to look at ways to build black wealth or uh, wealth with disadvantaged businesses to help them grow bigger faster because it helps because everybody it helps the whole economy <laughs> and you'll see that in the data chart yeah. you go to our website the places that have grown the fastest yeah. in non-farm jobs yeah. in the last five years have less disparities in their community so i want to just say that again <laughs> the overall economies grew faster yeah. in those places who have fewer disparities across their economy right everything people say they want in a community good schools a safety an expansion of quality of life recreation all of those things can be tied to what you're talking about which would be making the weakest parts of your community stronger more strong that's right the other thing I would add is a, a black-owned business is more likely to hire black residents and give access to them. They're more likely to be in the communities yeah. where there is disinvestment, creating access to jobs and opportunity. Right. And they're more likely to build additional um, additional support networks in philanthropy and secondary businesses, You know, in, in side hustles that we mm -hmm. all have that yeah. are fun side yeah. projects. They're yeah. going to take the profits of one and reinvested in real estate or yeah. real invested yeah. in other aspects of the community. And they're going to make a heck of a lot of money doing it because sure. of the, the value disparity that's out there that they can go and take advantage of because they see something that others perhaps haven't seen, which is going to be great for everyone when that can happen. So that's why a minority business accelerator can work. We saw an, an awesome example of it on our Canvas trip in, mm -hmm. to Cincinnati mm -hmm. in 2018. Yeah. That they had taken black-owned businesses. You had to be a million or more in revenue to come into their accelerator and when they when they came in, they saw that they were able to see over a ten or fifteen year period of working with companies. They went from make, being ten million dollar companies to hundred million dollar mm -hmm. companies, mm -hmm. and the, the stories kind of were all all amazing to hear. So the question for us was one: How many black owned businesses are over a million in revenue in our yeah. region? Start yeah. start counting and, and figuring out how to how to make sure we know who they are and where they are. 
and then finding ways to build support networks around what their needs are. And then I want to come to your third question, which is reinvestment yeah. in neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, when we have gone and done our walks together with the uh, criminal justice leadership mm-hmm. to go and try to, to just be a part of the community, yeah. be yeah. present, what you see, especially on the commercial corridors, are blighted commercial properties yep. and disinvestment. Yep. Our board is probably more passionate about this one point than almost anything else, is that we will, we will unite, unite and unify our community when we care enough to say we want to help bring capital markets back into places that have been abandoned. Right. So two things we're doing this year on this. One is we're, we've created a pathway of building an economic development district, forming an economic development district, which could use sales taxes to capture those existing sales taxes from a corridor, Florida Boulevard, for mm-hmm. example, and see those sales taxes reinvested to help drive re- the, the projects that could help revitalize those streets. So the first two we're looking at, one is on Cor- on Florida, uh, kind of tied into that Cortana revitalization. Yep, yep. The second is Plank Road, uh, and there's an instrument in the legislature to try to do that. That is the beginning of what we see of a multiple efforts for us to be able to help push ways that we can do that. I would hope to be able to announce in a year, yeah. we'll see a grocery store on, yeah. on one of bo- or both of those corridors. Yeah. We'll see uh, revitalization of other parts of those block by block where you can see the best, most adv- advantageous commercial property put back in commerce. And I think the challenge we were, we'd love to ask of the business community, we're having this conversation with a lot of folks right now, what would it look like for you to feel confident, confident to put your money to work in North mm-hmm. Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and expect a return on your investment? Yeah. But looking geographically for how you want to reinvest. And the return on investment is more opportunity there for people, an impact on some of the crime there because it, working people, people who are moving in a forward direction, it's, it's just, it's overall better for everyone. But I want to move on. Yeah. Before we move away from this, kind of a, you know, public safety is something I know you care deeply about. And recently there was a letter in support of the police chief and the police department in more accountability. Now, to be clear, you didn't take position on any specific thing happening in the news right now. It was just an overall support for Chief Paul and the department. And I agree with you about it, that we have to support law enforcement and its leadership so we can get to where we want to be. Why did you decide to do that letter and what what are you hoping the impact will be? Yeah, uh, there's three things that were, were important in that. And, and you're right. We have a longstanding uh, appreciation of how important it is for having a strong uh, disciplined yeah. police department sure. and criminal justice system in general. Sure. Uh, we will not be able to to address our, our violent crime challenges as a community without mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are, uh, unfortunately, one of the other things that has come out of this year is a rising violent crime rate across the nation, yeah. especially in our community. Sure. We've seen it. Without the police force strongly supported by the business community, it's not going to be possible for them to tackle these challenges. Right. The statement we made was to say the police chief has to have the ability to enforce personnel discipline sure. and, and personnel policies. Yeah. And if, if we can't back him for those things, when he needs to be able to make changes in his staff, when he sees that he's not got the force in the position it needs to be to have the discipline it needs to have, that's going to create challenges for this this community to bring down its violent crime rate. Right. And our statement was very simple. I mean, it was probably five sentences or less. Yeah, yeah. Simply said, the chief has to have the ability to manage his department, and it is his job to figure out how to do so, and not anybody else's. Just like a superintendent of education, that's where I'm going next. <laughs> shouldn't be micromanaged yeah. by a board or yeah. by the public. 
they got to make management decisions about uh, what's happening in their organization. Uh, so that, that's kind of where that statement was coming from. And, and I think what you, the foundation that you've been working on yeah. to help raise money mm-hmm. to support the police, to support the criminal justice system is so critical. We have played a role over the last five years to yeah. help raise money. Yeah. We're going to continue to be a partner to do yep. that. That yep. money is going to be able to buy technology, equipment, yeah. Yeah. and software that will help bring down the, the murder rate. Well, we're working on it together. You sit on the foundation. BRAC is represented there, and, and we support all of the agencies in East Baton Rouge Parish, the sheriff, the constable, the police chief, the district attorney on all of them. And it's a volunteer board of not just law enforcement, it's business people as well. And it's a diverse board racially and gender wise. And age. And age of people. If you let me. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to let that one go right by. So, uh, but, but it's interesting because we all see the need to stand in unison to say, let's do something about what's broken. And again, that's where it starts. And I'll tell you, as a sidebar, what frustrates me now, one of the things that frustrates me so much more now than maybe 15 years ago is all of the crap about the problems and not much discussion about the solutions. I mean, social media can sometimes be a cesspool of division. That's right. And I think what you've talked about with these with these men, at least in, in this regard, the sheriff, the DA, and the chief working together and the work you've done and we all want to see it improve and everybody in the room is having that kind of dialogue. So I, I'm hoping that there can, that can become contagious, but I want, I know you got a limited time. I want to move on to a couple more things. You referenced micromanagement. We have a new school superintendent, Dr. Cito Narcisse. If you've not had the pleasure to meet him, he really is a delightful man uh, who cares about the kids here and he's got children, students. He's come in wanting to, Put his own imprint on the system. I believe personally, having met him and worked with him, he means well. Uh, we did, my company did a, an, an audit of the comms department over at the school system, pro bono, didn't, didn't take a dime for it. It was just kind of a seed sown in support of him. And I see he wants to do this. Smart start <laughs> a month ago, wanting to try to get back some of the ground lost because of the coronavirus. He got eaten alive. And to be candid, I think the rollout was not as good as it could have been. Should have been better. But that isn't a reason to burn the man down because his intention is spot on. That's my position. What's yours? Same. We uh, are impressed by his goals, uh, his ability to explain the reason for his goals, the challenge of the data of EBR education, which he is willing to be very transparent about where we have failed our kids and we're failing our community. Things that we've been concerned about, he he sees and echoes and is trying to put in place rapidly systems of change across a lot of them. So we remain very excited about kind of the, the big picture long-term efforts. Um, I think the the smart start is uh, is, is an on goal, right? Mm-hmm. He got scored on himself or he, he allowed a, a goal on himself. No uh, question. In, in a soccer reference, right? So I think that's the, the thing that it, we got to watch for and be helpful for him, I think, as a community is make sure that if there are things that we can be doing to help help support messaging uh, and encourage you know smart engagement, and I think in, internally, and, and I, don't, I don't obviously work in the department, never yeah. have, but yeah. it's so important to make sure that you're listening to your teachers and your principals, one hundred percent, and staying super close to your team, uh, as in your organization, as in mine. Mm-hmm. We we are not successful with everybody, you know, without everybody pulling in the same direction. And 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 teachers are very underrated in terms of their impact on any community. Teachers 
to me should be held in the regard of same regard as law enforcement. They're on the front lines, brother. And I think that that is, I would actually say that slightly different. I think they should be held in the regard of doctors. Okay. I think that if we think about the role that they play in society, law enforcement is super important, but like we have this, this pedestal we put, other other people in our community uh, b- based on their profession and, yeah. and i think there's a need probably to say th- this is a profession of the highest value to uh, yeah uh, I, I, I no disagreement and, with and that I, and i agree that we we think of law enforcement in the same way not maybe universally across yeah. all aspects of the community but yeah. we should we sh- we should well that's a, another discussion for another day yeah, but, but that's that's yeah. i think the the point you're making is right which is if you aren't respecting and appreciating that the the work that they're doing every day with the students in the classroom and the principals and trying to manage through what is the everyday chaos of 2021 <laughs> and 2020 yeah uh it's it's super challenging and you have to appreciate that that has been difficult and yeah. trying to make change rapidly it takes a ton of communication well, and let me say this cuz i know how people consume information in this petty society we sometimes see you and you and I are in no way saying that our admiration for the job of, that teachers do is a reflection of something the superintendent did or didn't do. Right. The point is we support them equally, yeah. and we think that it shouldn't be a drama show. Right. He and they both have a role in helping our kids achieve their dreams. You know, it's 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 something to be said for someone who hits the ground and who aggressively wants the best for the 42,000 some odd kids who are in the East Baton Rouge Parish school system. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll wrap with this. Your goals for 2021, obviously we're almost into May now, so yeah. you're along the path, but what, what, what goals did you start the year with? Yeah. Where are you in the process? Sure. And then a second question, you can do them back to back. What's your encouragement to the business community as we move through this year? Yeah. So the, organization is doing a five-year strategic plan we are uh, about where we're heading as an economy that we will end this year releasing kind of a game plan for what what our data says we need to focus on as Mm -hmm. an economy to drive rapid economic growth substantial long-term economic growth okay which has a lot to do with talent uh, a lot to do with quality of life and quality of place that makes it more likely you're going to be able to do things like diversify your economy into new high growth sectors. Right. right? So these these are going to be outlined in a plan we're working on intently right now. In this calendar year, there's two overarching priorities. One is to aggressively work to make sure we meet the moment of the pandemic's end and the need to accelerate the economy and, and efforts to support small businesses and then drive economic development projects that are going to happen as quickly as possible to propel us out of the back end of this economy. Things like the ExxonMobil modernization that was approved for its incentive. We should hear its investment decision any day now, we hope. Uh, And then the Grand Fuels project in Port Allen, these have the potential to put in place between a number of different projects, potentially as much as $3 billion in capital investment that could be announced this calendar year uh, of projects that could go forward. Uh, we have about 50 active projects we're working as a business development staff right now to try to help make sure that there are projects that are going to land in this metro region this year to, to really push us ahead. So meeting the moment of the pandemic's recovery is kind of the f- first priority. The second is around a handful of things we think we can do this year to lay a foundation for the future of Baton okay. Rouge. Uh, in that, we see projects and opportunities around transportation priorities, which remains a high and urgent concern. Even as transportation was relieved by the pandemic, it remains a structural 
problem and deficiency for us as a community. There are a handful of things around the I-10 widening and the new Mississippi River Bridge. We see the real opportunities to move them forward yeah. this year. Uh, the second is around the what I described earlier around disadvantaged communities and trying to drive reinvestment. Huge priority for us, and I've, I've kind of already outlined where that's heading. Uh, the third is in support of this new superintendent to make sure that we're make there are ways to help create different outcomes for the match between education and career. Yeah, and he has come in advancing something that was was already on track before he arrived, which is to try to tightly bind together community college training or education programs to your associate's degrees and what a student can do while they're in high school and if they want to head career track. That has already begun with the school CTEC, mm-hmm. uh, the Career Technology Education Center. Imagine that in every high school it's possible that you could have kids earning yeah. associate's degrees yeah. and industry-based credentials starting their freshman year and ending potentially at the end of high school with something close to, if not actually being an associate's degree, uh, that they could go straight into That's the workforce awesome. yeah. in software and construction, yeah. uh, in healthcare. Yeah. So that, that is very much there's a, a big b- deal, lot of work man. behind the scenes right now to make this rapid, substantial, and systemic change in education. So that's the third big area. The fourth is that we have 52,000 college students in Baton Rouge, and we as a business community need to make sure we're pushing every opportunity to get a student mm-hmm. at one of our colleges yeah. a position at one of our businesses, yeah. and it is our job to do that. There's a software platform. We actually have an announcement we're going to be making next week uh, with a company called Handshake. hmm about expansion that we want to be able to talk about how students in all of our colleges get access to our small businesses and businesses in general. It is free for employers to sign up for Handshake, and we're putting a lot of effort behind that with marketing investments across our community right now. Where can people find you on social media or learn more about the Baton Rouge area chamber? You go to BRAC.org. You can find uh, me and my team all right there, (laughs) as well as all our initiatives and programs. We welcome uh, folks who are not invested with us to join us uh, and find out more. Uh, I'm on Twitter at NAPAD, K-N-A-P-P-A-D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can follow my annoyance, my annoying comments on there all the day. He ain't lying. Uh, <laughs> so how, how much did you cry when Liz left? It hurts. It hurts. My, my, our senior vice president of economic competitiveness has been a rock star for us. And, <laughs> she is uh, a rock star. <laughs> and uh, she's going to go do amazing things at a new, uh, the Baton Rouge Alliance for Education. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, great talent is going to move on and we're happy for it. I had to throw that in there just for Liz. He was crying when he got here, Liz. I had, we, we had to console him for 10 minutes before we walked into the studio. But no, brother, this was great. I think people as every time you're here, get a chance to get great insight on how you view the region. And I think the information that BRAC provides is so, and and this may sound crazy and you may even disagree, I think it's underused. I think it's under accessed by the region because it's, it really is a repository of information about lots of things that you need to know. I mean, that's what chambers do. And I hope people take take advantage of what's on the website. I've been overwhelmed by our team during the pandemic and i've been overwhelmed by the appreciation we hear from business owners who are not investors in our organization Mm -hmm. who say 
I have relied on the information you guys have put out through the course of the, the pandemic. I'm, we appreciate that everything was free that you did the last year mm-hmm. and that it was not just about helping your investors. It was about helping every business to survive the crisis. And we're going to continue to be that way. Adam Knapp, thanks for coming by, brother. Thank you for the time, man. The only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime. There was a shooting. Okay, is someone shot? Yes, someone is shot. The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young. Just some suspicious people running through the parking lot before. Real stories. It was my first love. Real crimes. Real people. Real justice. The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young. Exclusively at podcast225.com. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money? That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. Unedited, unfiltered, undisputed. You're listening to The Clay Young Show. Adam, that brought his A-game today, right? A lot of great information from him. I hope you go to their website and check out what Brack is offering in the way of the economy and the socioeconomic reality here in the capital region of Louisiana. I think no matter where you're listening across the country, if you are thinking about what the rest of this year is going to look like, I could tell you this, I'm pretty excited about what it's going to be. I mean, how could it not be better with the economy opening up and people being able to travel again and move around again? And I mean, it's, it's good. The economic recovery could be great. So that was a really good conversation. So much there. That was valuable. So thanks for coming into here. Hey, can you think about this? This is the last week in April. I was looking at that yesterday thinking, man, where did April go? It's going to be summertime before we know it. So it's moving by. A lot to say in the open, so not much more here, except I have a series of shows. Oh, well. Well, let me make this reference before I get to that. The 2021 edition of Smoke 'em If You Got 'em is happening on Sunday, May 23rd at Ben 77 Bistro in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This year, it benefits the Baton Rouge Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that is focused on building a bridge between police and community supporting public safety and supporting local area law enforcement. The event every year has always been about military and first responders. We're keeping the money here locally this year, supporting this organization. I sit on the board 
and actually chair the board, volunteer on it. And we have, and I tell people with this foundation, we raise money to spend it on public safety and law enforcement. It's a completely volunteer board, no employees. We've already purchased vests for the constable's office here. We have given donations to five area nonprofit organizations. We are working on an office of motor vehicle, really a driving school initiative that I think is going to be one of the coolest things and most impactful things across the country. No one's ever, I don't know that anyone's doing anything like this, but details about that are on the way. So look up the event, smokembr.com. Adam is going to be there. We were talking about it before we got on the air here and I'd like to see you there. Tickets are $100. 100% of the proceeds go to benefit that organization and that cause. So I hope to see you there. All right. Smokembr.com. Now, what I was about to say is there's a series of shows on the way that will feature a guest host. I'm not giving away who or what, but I've got some on the way. Could be as soon as next week. Yeah. In fact, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Thank you guys for giving some time to the Clay Young Show here at podcast225.com. You can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR, on Facebook, Clay Young, and on Instagram, Clay underscore YoungBR. And of course, any feedback is welcome, good or bad. I'll yeah, send it to me. Clay at podcast225.com. Clay at podcast225.com. If you're listening on iTunes, or the Apple Podcast app, leave us a review there. The star rating helps us. I've gotten some pings from other places because of reviews left on the Apple Podcast app. So drop us one there, and I thank you for it in advance. Until the next time, you guys, be great and be safe, and we'll see you again here on The Clay Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.